Hello and welcome to the uh, fifth episode of the Miller's Game Room podcast with me, Miller, where I uh, sit and talk about games that I like and various things relating to it. And yeah, this is my second attempt to record this because the last time the file format wasn't so good. But um, I'm going to hopefully now do it again. First off, I'm going to talk a bit about a few like minor updates regarding my podcast. First off, I'm uh, I'm want to try to post it more on my YouTube channel because I have a small YouTube channel which I do as well. Which I actually uploaded my pilot on there originally, but I never uploaded the episodes, which I should probably fix. But I am hoping to put FIFA things on there. Like I started in like A to Z game project a while ago, but I'm hoping to do things on there occasionally a bit more. So uh, I'm like an Animal Crossing uh, island tour, which uh, I recorded. A couple weeks ago before the update, but I haven't got around to editing yet, so um, yeah, I hope we got there at some point. Channel name like Miller's Game Room, same as the podcast name, but without the word podcast in it. And finally, I've been um, thinking about wanting to try to stream again because I tried to stream before, which kind of went okay, but got anxious. Which I've got my uh, like channel like name like Finnegan Miller, which is what my uh, Twitch username is. Maybe I'll try again soon with SNT5 when that comes out because uh. Yeah. Anyway, that's out of the way. Um, first thing to note that is I've been away. Like last week, I went to uh, Scotland for much of it. I was helping with a COP twenty six counter protest. So I was up there. Environment was all the things to do. I was away. I was dealing with that. I was having fun. So I didn't get. Wasn't really following game news as much, and I wasn't really following. Um, or play much game, mini games either, apart from one, which I'll talk about later. And so I'll just talk about a few things and get it done quickly and then move on to the topic at the end, which is basically about, like, basically relates to the whole climate crisis thing, as well as like, how it relates to games because of the mental health issues it can, it's causing and that kind of thing, and how people try and games on it, which uh, I'll explain more later. So I'm um, starting with a uh, little bit of news. Um, First one is, as I kind of mentioned earlier, SNT5 is uh, finally coming out this week. Like Tomorrow it'll be out in Japan at the time of recording. And on Friday it'll be out in the rest of the world. So after four and a half years it's finally out. And it was like the game that was like first revealed with the Switch itself. Like January 2017. I remember it and it's finally out. It's real. It's finally here. And I'm glad. I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait to finally dig into it. Uh, yeah, the another two little bits of news I wanted to pick out was um, Sony and the uh, the Sony PlayStation thing which I watched did did watch before going. There wasn't the Square Enix announced the Star Ocean game, the new one, Star Ocean for Divine Force for PS4 and PS5, which uh, I thought was kind of interesting considering that the series was uh, largely killed off by the last game. Which I've not played this series, but I do want to. So I find it interesting to see this series like come back and be alive again so to speak and uh, hopefully this game will be good and revive that series because Square Enix have been giving a lot of uh, attention to um, their other IPs actually that's not Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or Kingdom Hearts which has been nice so I'm going to see some more and hopefully uh, it continues so I'm looking forward to it and yeah um, the fast thing was um, mentioning Celeste because uh, now that's a PlayStation Plus game for November 2021 that's a thing it's uh, long had a few other ones like Final Fantasy IX, which and a Mafia game, which I don't really care for. But I'm mentioning it because if you have PS Plus, play it. It's amazing. Very platforming game, very queer, very neurodivergent, and I absolutely love it. So yeah, give it a chance if you can. It's fantastic. 
Alright, on to the uh, second section. Um, I only played one game because I was like out in like out in Glasgow, as I mentioned before. And um, this game was East Memory of Sorceta for the Vita because I figured it was quite a quick game and fairly like actiony. I could get it played, and it's also like probably about the last Vita Falcon game I've not played until now, obviously. And um, so this is like a game that. If you're into RPGs and on Vita, you this would be one of the most recommended ones because uh, it's like one. It was especially one of the best RPGs that came out for early in its life cycle. It's a remake of the Fort Feast game, which um, originally had two original versions, not made by Falcom themselves. But this version, Memories of Celseta, is made by Falcom. It's kind of a remake, or a reimagining. It's considered more reimagining, but it does fall under like remake territory because it's not like a brand new game. If that makes sense, even though. It basically is, especially if you didn't play the originals on like the SNES, PC Engine and other consoles that people my age will not know much about if I haven't played it at all. So yeah, that aside, um, I played through the Vita version, but which is what it originally came out on, but it's since got ported to PS4 and PC, so if you do play this game you'll probably want to play it on those platforms. Well, you can get PS4 copies of the game in the local game shop here, brand new on the shelf, which uh, people would obviously want to go for that more. Anyway, I think the main thing I liked about the game was like its story and its unique take on the like the amnesia trope common in JRPGs. Because um, in this like, game, like Adol, the protagonist, is, loses memories when he enters the forest of Celseta, which is like the, the main the setting where you play in have a hack and session, and he somehow makes it out again. And then the whole point of the game is to go back in to find out what happened, get his memories back, and. Uh, it kind of goes a bit more than that without going into too many spoilers. But in terms of the memories themselves, the main things I liked about it was um, not only did it include the events of the forest itself when Adol went into it, which is relevant to the plot, it also touched on his, his past. And also, interestingly, um, I'll do a couple of very minor spoilers. Some of the flashbacks include Dogi, which is um, a blue-haired black man, which is a character that if you've played other like Falcon games, like East games, you will have played as him, like in East 7, uh, in East 8, you also encounter, have a, like a Dogi, who's at the, the, um, the, the boat, which you don't play as him, and it's interesting, but he's not named, so I found that quite interesting, and um, the other thing is that later in the game, you get memories from other people as well, so it's not just Adults you have is her people's, and it was really good actually. I really like the story with lots of plot twists, and I'm almost at the end now. Like I'm, I'm on the final dungeon now at the time of recording, so I'll get it done. And yeah, and uh, gameplay-wise, it's very similar to E7 and E8, and by extension, E9. The most modern system, which has the three playable characters, and it can be switched around. Very fast-paced, very quick to play, especially on easy. You get the artifacts you can collect, which are. Uh, I liked, it's a bit annoying to change between them, but I like actually having them and using them, like one of them, my favourite is the Gale Shoes, which uh, it's on. It's said you can use it to walk up certain walls, but in practice you can use it to dash, basically hold the X button down and you can like dash above, uh, dash across the stages, it makes it so quick and fast paced and it's really fun to play. And yeah, soundtrack is great as well, I love that as well, it's fantastic, as always with Falcon music, I want it on CD because it's very good. <sighs> and yeah. Oh, and the other thing is um, I have dabbled into the uh, Animal Crossing update a little bit since coming back. 
First off, I did spoil it myself a bit because it did actually come out a couple of days early, so I didn't play it until like East Sunday. But it gave uh, like people like Animal Crossing Worlds a chance to like list what's there and all the content, so I could basically go. I'm not going to find it myself. I'm just going to read about it, which is basically what I did. I had lots of Nook Miles saved up, so I actually bought a lot of the update content from the shop already, especially things like the uh, not the items but everything else. And um, I liked it so far. Like, um, I think the main things I've checked out are like I've had villagers come and visit. I've been able to visit them, buy their stuff, and uh, cute encounters, and have people visit and uh, and uh, get come visit my house and give them a pair and stuff like that. And also the capping boat tours, where it's basically it's basically a more cheaper, accessible way of doing Mystery Island tours. You can use their snook miles, get new stuff like moss. And also, um, if you want to, on the way there, have listened to these cute serenades by uh, the Blue Frog, which I believe is called Cap'n. <laughs> it's cute. I love it. It's really amazing. And I'm looking forward to playing more of it. And I want to like fill all the shops on Harv's Island, so get like 600,000 bells to get all those shops filled in. And maybe try to get Bruce's Cafe as well. I've not sunk much time into it. I want to play more of it. It's like SMT5 is around the corner. I want to finish some of the battle old RPGs like Esau and Sacra Wars and other things I've mentioned before, and they take priority because I don't want to have too many unfinished games. And yeah, put us out of the way. Alright, so the topic today is I touched on a little bit at the start, I was going to talk about climate anxiety and mental illness in games, which I feel is quite relevant because, as I mentioned, I went up to COP26 to take part in the counter-protests and prepping for those, which wasn't amazing, by the way, which... uh. And I feel like it's kind of important to talk about this because there's going to be some overlap. Because in a day, like, it's an issue that face everyone, especially young people my age. And I think and a lot of us, like, it's kind of hard to deal with. And it's something that I feel a lot of people, especially adults and older people, don't really understand. And why people wanted to get involved in that kind of thing. And by extension, it's why things like this kind of lead us to, like, play games and other forms of media escapism. And also have, like, mental illnesses as a result of it. And um, I've written a bunch of notes which I'm hoping make sense and I'm going to be a bit tangential because I'm going to go off on a tangent a bit because I do want to talk about it because uh, I just want to bring more attention to it and COP at the time of recording is still going on even though it's been an absolute fucking train wreck. And um, right, I'm going to start on my notes and go through it. So obviously I'm not going to go into too many statistics because I may need to avoid being triggering but it's something that young people like... I'm more aware of like I'm in my like early to mid 20s so it's like I'm a I'm at the awkward gap where I'd be cons I I could be considered a millennial but also could be considered gen x like the generation below if that makes sense and it's like I kind of I kind of see both perspectives and like I kind of see like how scary it is as well and people getting concerned like we like we're seeing the news and other things instead how especially like being taught in school about global warming and the real issue, about trying to stop it. We have this anxiety, we see it firsthand, like, whether it be in the news or in our own lives as well. And, and we also see, like, world leaders refusing to take climate action. We see this even though we don't fully understand and grasp why it is. And, um, yeah, actually, um, I'm going to talk about this because I, I'm going to explain it because I'm, I'm going to talk about link it to games a bit because it does various overlap, obviously, because the fundamental cause is capitalism itself. Because rich people are known as capitalists, like executives of companies and and other influential figures like Bill Gates and that kind of person. 
can't accept the reality that infinite growth on a planet with finite resources is impossible, because it's not, which is what capitalism claims, and also that hoarding wealth and causing the drastic rampant inequality that, that they do, that these rich people do, is, is okay, because it's not. And it means that people, especially those in the global south, like, I'm in the global north, so I'm in a place that won't be as affected. We're already being harmed, things like that. And they got politicians on their side through lobbying as well as like spreading disinformation. So many people think individual actions will solve this crisis when it won't. Because I mean, I have one stat here actually, which um is not as triggering. But top 100 companies are responsible for 70% of all emissions. And it's very similar for the mega rich as well. And yeah, it's like capitalism doesn't care about the planet. And that's the, the thing. And uh, an example here I've got is NFTs, because that is something that is actually relevant to gaming, because that is something I could have talked about in a new section, but I wanted to keep it for here because it's relevant, because it's basically an, exa it's an example of this, like, pursuit of upholding capitalism and wealth, and head of, like, caring about environmental profits, environmental d conditions, and profits over the environment, basically. And it's like EA, Ubisoft, Square Enix and Konami have expressed interest in like producing these NFTs, which is basically a bit of paper saying you have the right to own something, even though you could send me a photo and I could take a photo of it, and I now own as much as you do this crappy NFT. But without the, the whole thing of like all the energy required to use up the computer energy and all that energy to produce this NFT and just pointless environmental damage and people are buying it and it's fucking disgusting and yeah it's a lot and that's the thing we know it it's intense it's mental health is getting like it's becoming a bigger problem among younger people especially people in school and above and it's like it's 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 distressing and that's the thing so that's one reason why lots of us like lean towards games and that kind of thing and to help cope and that's the reality and it can be draining and exhausting how to deal with this all and I mean mental illness is like it's something I deal with it's not like it's not so much climate crisis caused but it is still kind of back of the mind anxiety about it especially because it shapes everything like there's this push for young for people to work and continue to produce for capitalism yet so many younger people, like the younger generations in general, are very like left-wing. Not all like leftists, but broadly in the left-wing socialist intersectional camp. That's that's the thing. Broadly, that is the thing that is pop my generation because it's the solutions to capitalism, and it's like it can be quite. You know, but it's like I'm gonna talk my notes. It's like. We're, it can, it's easy for us to fall into despair because we already live the consequences of all this. It feels daunting and we see this every day. Even if we're not directly being like destroyed by the rising sea levels and stuff like that, where we are personally. Even things like, like insecure work and housing, where like house, like homelessness, for example, is a situation that's exacerbated by, not only by the climate crisis in terms of the homes not been insulated because of like landlords buying out homes to rent out for exacerbate profit because that is something else as well that with that young people experience but it just it's just a lot 
Hence, like, zoning into hobbies is, like, invaluable self-care. And, like, that includes, like, playing games in periods when they're not able to do much. And that's the thing, like, we can't, like, there are many people who are, like, climate activists and things like that. And we can't all, like, we can't all be like that. We can't all, like, take to the streets all the time and take other forms of direct action, which in reality is what we have to do to solve this crisis. That's objectively the reality, that no of, nothing else is going to budget. If politicians were going to solve the problems, they would have done so by now, because they're trying to uphold capitalism when that's just fundamentally not possible to solve this crisis. And for others, it's like, even if they wanted to, they can't because of things like disability, because like many disabled people who are disproportionately want to be harmed by the crisis, climate crisis, and also often lean to things like gaming as escapism and other screen-based entertainment. You can't do it at night. It's like, we can't, we can't always do it. We have to like stay at home and like watch from a distance or do things online only. And it's like, and that's like, oh, that's okay. Because even surviving in this world is still a victory in itself. And that includes things like, you know, playing games and stuff. And in the day, we have to like collaborate. We have to collaborate together in these kind of like marches and rallies and support each other, which is ethos that these marches like and these groups like brought together. And it's hard to describe because it was like when I was there. And this is definitely the tangent part. It was amazing. And for me, it was. It brought a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. I met people that were like me. I met people that were really inclusive and supportive. I I couldn't always participate as much as I liked, but people were understanding. Like, even those times when I was there, I was overstimulated. So I had to sit and play my game. People didn't mind. Like, people didn't judge, which is good. And that's. The thing is, like, younger people, and in general, and it was really nice to be in that space, nice to have that sense of hope and that solidarity, and be able to go on these, like, marches and, like, chants, chant things about addressing the climate crisis, walk through the streets, meet all these groups, and if you've seen the photos on the news, it was fantastic seeing so many people, like, come together, because um, the marches were led by indigenous communities in Glasgow, as well as young people, especially white women, like myself. It was nice seeing people across all backgrounds too. Like I did, the, I attended the Fridays of Future one, one of the ones I went to, and um, that one was nice as well, because they're not just kids, even though it's frankly sad that kids have to be in the first place, but also older people as well, which, not just my age, but also older, and being here to show solidarity, and it's like, people agree we can do this, and showing this positivity and it's like it's really good it's like we're on the right side of history that's the thing we know we're on the right side of history and we're going to win and it's i'm trying to remember because i know one of the people i went with posting in the chat like it's the sense of optimism and positivity that we've we've had before and it's like the feeling that we can stay connected make these connections across the country and make and hence across the world as well so we can rely on each other for support because that's what that's an else needed like more support as well, and and keep to keep going and prepare for like the next action, which is great. But yeah, um, but like, even now, like it's difficult to describe. But even now, it's ending. There's still like a, I'm in a bit of a burnout state because that was something also touched on by people who might be back and 
have a, have a little burnout, which is good as well, which in many ways was like why I had to deal with when I was there. Forced like a chance to like recover, and that includes things like playing games as well. And having that persistence and being able to take things forward and prepare for the next action, maybe even find a way to like incorporate video games or something into future actions and get into a position to be able to do more sustained direct action to fight together, which is a more longer term change and other various forms of non like various forms of civil disobedience and other things it's going to be it's going to be great and um it's like a, a better future is possible we will get it and we never give up but to do that not only does it include direct action but it also means keeping our mental health above water and that is why many people especially younger people like play games play these cute and cozy games play for older games or play ends like just play through their favorite games as well and for me that's kind of what i've been doing like not just in general but like not just like like i've got like i've mainly been like playing like cozy games in general and also rpgs and some vms like aside from Fata morgana which i've had to had to stop it before going away because it was quite heavy most of the games i've played have been very light-hearted very cute and uh also older games as well to like catch what i missed and even trying to even falling back on older comforts something a lot of people also tend to do as part of their self-care partly because of climate anxiety as well like say animal crossing mario kart or older generation games like when i was playing through sacred wars which is from the ps2 era which is an era i'm, I'm very familiar with and it was soft spot for or handhelds in general it's okay because it's self-care to help deal with these dire circumstances and and i think for some people also it's like a lot of people like feel like that kind of feel like they can't do much which is understandable and i think for some people it's a case of like the difference between disabled people and the people who who cannot do anything if they want to and a lot of people that feel who could do something like go to a march but feel very disempowered and demotivated and overall quite drained which is partly the point of capitalism is to drain people but also because it can be hard to see a future it's kind of easier to imagine the end of the world than to imagine a better future especially when there's a lot of negativity and for me that's kind of like it's why it's important to just keep 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 your head afloat any way you can and any form of self-care is valid and very it's good it's good to look after yourself. It's good to acknowledge. It's good to acknowledge how bad things are, while also acknowledging how the how the facts are on our side, and we can, we've got to prioritize ourselves or making connections, and that's that's the tea basically. We will win. Our future is bright. We can persist, and we can take breaks, look after ourselves any way we can, and that includes playing video games. Yeah, I think I'm going to potentially start repeating myself more if I haven't already, so I'm going to stop there. Thank you all for watching, and I hope you not watching. Um, Thank you all for listening, and I uh, hope you have a nice day. Please leave likes and feedback and stuff, which I appreciate too. Bye-bye.